This never happened in the other film. Welcome back to Conspiracy Club, your home for everything spooky and weird in the world. I'm Tom. And I'm Amir. What were you saying there? Interrupting me? No, I, it was a non-funny joke. Okay. Yes. Most of yours are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some of them go far. Just kidding. Okay, so this week, we're bouncing it back to you. You're going to be the main lead host. We just went out, got off my uh, two-part thing on the Donner Party. So yeah. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. I'm leading that one. This week... Yeah, no. Wow. This week, Amir's leading it. We're going to be doing some... Movie conspiracy theories. And so whenever a mere host, which is going to be like every other topic or week, depending on how the topics, how lengthy they are, yeah. um, it's going to be typically something more lighthearted, yes. like it's movies yeah. and not cannibalism. Sometimes I'm going to, whoa, sometimes I, I might do like a, you know, like a murder, but it'd be more of a, a murder with a smile <laughs> as opposed of like, a, this lady got her fucking head chopped off and then she put it back on and then she lived. <laughs> hey. Stop whoa, stealing whoa, content from next week. Yeah. No, you think that's a joke. That is what we're going to do next week. Next week, we're going to talk about a lady who got her fucking head chopped off, and then she somehow put it back on and lived. All right. Tales this Next week is a little tease. Tales but of Survival. But, yeah. but before we get to that, this week is about movies. Movies. And Amir, take and it away. Me. All right. So I was like, after hearing the Downer Party episode, I said, we need something more happy. And a cigarette. And a cigarette. And I went out and I said, what better than movies? Because everyone likes movies. Everyone loves movies, including me and Tom. I mean, you would know I love movies if you were following my <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> by my Shocktober Instagram. Yeah, so today, guys, just to give you another, like, you know, uh, update on that, I posted, like, eight of them. I watched all those movies in one night, benched them, <laughs> and I put them up because I was actually feeling sad about not updating it. But we're getting it going now, so it's back in there. We're almost done with October. Final stretch. Yeah, the final stretch, dude. So I don't know what I'm going to do for next month, if I am. I don't know. Maybe spooky Thanksgiving movies? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, sipping cinema? Yeah. The, well, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, that that'll be something. Yeah, uh-huh. We'll yeah. follow that up later on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Into what we're talking <laughs> about. So after that, I was like, let's do movies, and I chose three movies slash universes, movie okay. universes instead of specific movies. I chose the first one that we're gonna go into, which is extremely short. Okay, it's James Bond. All right. And like, 007. Yes, 007. You're probably familiar with the very, very, very basics. He's a spy. He's a and spy. And a womanizer. And a womanizer. Name is James Bond. He likes vodka martinis, shaken, not stirred. He works for MI6. He works for MI6. He has an MQ. I don't know if you remember who M is. Yeah, that's his boss. Yeah. And Q is this, the brainy Yeah, the, yeah, person. yeah, yeah. See, I know. I yeah. know some yeah, things. You and know then one of his stuff. villains has got a mechanical jaw. Well, yeah, yeah. And that's all I know. That's all you know. But Man let's, with a golden gun. All right, let's G- just get... Goldeneye? Anyway, let's just get into <laughs> it. Uh, so this conspiracy specifically... Uh, okay, that's, that is... It's specifically one... James Bond is a code name and not like a a specific like You mean like it's like a like he's 007 it's just like a moniker for whoever is in that, in yeah, that role. Yeah, they are given the name James Bond. All right. And the reason why people That makes sense. Yeah, because the reason why people said this is because like there's been like eight different James Bonds. Yeah, that's yeah, true. There's been like uh you had Sean Connery the very first one had Lazenby who was there for a little bit. I never even heard of him. George Lazenby. Mm-mm. Yeah, he was the second James Bond. He wasn't there for that long, actually. Roger Moore. Yep. Dalton. Uh, Brosnan. I'm not going to say Pierce Brosnan's first name. You uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel Craig. You know Daniel Craig. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, you know of... That's one most people are probably familiar with. Yeah, but most of the newer folks are... Yeah, yeah the new kids are familiar with Daniel Craig. The most violent bond out of all the bonds, 
Because all the other ones are kind of suave and stuff. Like, they, they're cool, calm, and collected. This this bomb will fucking stab you in the throat. And the next James And then bond, make out with your wife. Idris Elba. Whoa, whoa, Not confirmed, whoa, but I hope whoa, so. whoa, 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 whoa. See, the situation is... I don't even want to get into that because it'd be because that would then have to make this be true because they couldn't just be like he was black the whole time. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, that's what I'm saying. This would like that. This helps. That helps to support that if that were were to be true. But yeah, so it would also calm down fanboys that are like James Bond. James, James Bond. James Bond can't be black. Well, okay, that doesn't he, make any sense. And he'd be like, well, actually, look at this theory. Yeah, because okay, James Bond is is a 37 year old guy who's been fighting. And he was fighting in the Cold War era in the original, like fighting Russians and whatnot. But then they switched up and said he's a 30-year-old spy in modern times, protecting the world from post-9-11 terrorism. However, this theory suggests that there is a timeline where James Bond's films exist in, and it's not like a, the same guy. It's actually a different person mm-hmm. doing this, which... It's given like it's saying that the James Bond 007 is given to like specific amazing agents of each generation. Mm -hmm. And like the reason why they kind of say that this kind of makes sense is because M, who was played by that old lady, Judy Dench, Mm -hmm. rest in peace to Judy Dench. She's alive. No, she's not. I'm pretty sure she is. She's dead. Grant, will you Google it? Google it real fast. But anyway. M is played by several different people in that universe also. But the difference between M and the James Bond character is M literally does switch. Like, they'll be like, this is the new M. And M is a code name. Same thing with, like, Q is sort of a code name, too. But the little the thing is... She's alive? She's a, Judy Dench? Yeah, I thought she was. Well, good on you. Getting up there. Good on you, Judy. All righty. Well, I take that back then. But you know who is dead? Prince. <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with that. Oh, man. Or is he? Or is he? Next week. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, it's not. But the, okay, as you heard, if you listened to it at the start of the show, there's that little clip where Lazenby says, this didn't happen to the other guy. That's what a lot of people have taken as the main showing that James Bond is just a code name. Do you hear James Bond is like a full name? Yes. But Q and M are just letters. So that like I feel like that could even more easily be like that's just the moniker. Whoever's in charge or whoever's like the yeah. I, I don't know what you call him, the like I, I was tech gonna say guy. IT guy, yeah, but that's tech, he's tech a little person. more smart than that. Yeah. I get it. But yeah, the, the people's arguments against it is Lazenby still has the Connery era gadgets. And okay, so James Bond had a wife named Tracy Bond. She was murdered. Murdered. <laughs> so when he goes to visit her tombstone, it says Tracy Bond. And then Dalton, I mean, not Dalton, but Rory, I mean, fucking Roger Moore. There's so many white <laughs> names. Jesus, man. But he also references it, and Pierce Brosnan references it like. And that's like 90s Bond, the worst ones. But uh, yeah. Well, here's my thing then. Here's your thing. Uh, my question is. Whitey. So <laughs> <laughs> my thing is that like, do, so they all these movies, all the James Bond movies are assumedly in the same universe yes, then. Yes, all it's take not, place they on one timeline. Like, they can't like play it off and be like, this is a remake. Yes. So it's all the same all person. All the same person. That wouldn't make even more sense, though, because there's no way he's maintained that same age. That, too. For that long. But they kind of do a little soft reboot where it's like, well, I mean, you know, maybe the time was different back then. Maybe we thought it was the 60s. It was really like the, you know, 80s or 90s. Uh, even when they're like, it's the Soviets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how they, like... Same thing with the X-Men universe. Like if I ever if I came in here with that timeline, you'd be like, what the fuck? If I put if I placed it on the table and said, This is the timeline, and then it just gets kind of fucked at a point. I know, because every time my mom liked the X-Men movie and she doesn't like comics at all. And I'm always every time I try to explain that, I'm like, I don't even know. And I watched them all many times. Yeah. I don't I couldn't even tell you what the hell's going on. Any of them. Like I have a friend who's more confused by the Fast and the Furious one, but I'm like, that's a very easy timeline to follow. 
But like, how many brain cells did your friend have? I don't know. He's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the hopefully not a fan either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he knows. But uh, that was the that's the first one. That okay. was like you know the James I believe Bond. it. I could believe it too. It it would be it has to be it if I almost they feel like that makes black. it cooler. Yeah, because then it's like that one specific guy, and it also makes it more mysterious because then you literally know nothing. Yeah, I about mean, Bond. Yeah, and you know, like in Kingsman, if you seen Kingsman, yes, they all have like the moniker, the names of like the round table, and that's yeah. like that that just gets passed on. Yeah, obviously, it's different than like James Bond or whatever, but yeah. still, I, I like, like that. I think that's very believable. But I choose uh, to accept that as the truth. All right. I would also, especially if they make Idris Elba the next Bond. Then you they, think he that will is, be? No. But because uh, at the end of the day, we all need to remember, whites always get their way. <laughs> as long as you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Ain't nothing like this, man. Ain't nothing like Conspiracy Club. But uh, so now, how do you, you like Pixar movies? This is the next oh, yeah. movie. You like have seen majority of all of them. Yeah, most of them. Okay. I Which seen... ones have you not seen? Because I'm Coco. Curious. That's Pixar. Yes. That's it. That one's not covered in it. So I think that's probably the only one. This one ends off at around the good dinosaur. Okay. I didn't uh, see that either, but I I know. Uh, what the fuck? The one with the personalities. Oh, Inside Out. Yeah. This. this I also this, not seen the good dinosaur, yeah, but nobody those, did. So. Yeah, no one did. Wow. Yeah, Pixar kind of fell off with that one. That was like their first bomb. Yes. But this one was created by a guy named John Negroni. And uh, this one is that all the Pixar movies are set in the very same universe. Is it, okay, I've heard this. Yeah. Is you going to... Okay, you keep going. All right. As so, you say, you can touch on the Pizza Planet truck thing, or is that yes, something different? Okay. Yes, no. But yeah, they're all set in the same universe, and they're all linked in, in specific ways. But now we're going to start off with... Here's the timeline. Okay. This is long as fuck, so get ready. Chronologically, you mean? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> this is a long, so saddle in. All right. So Brave is the first movie in the timeline. It's the movie about the Scottish Kingdom during the Dark Ages. It's the earliest period covered by the Pixar films, and it's the only one that actually explains why animals in the Pixar universe behave like humans. Wait. At points. So you're not the good dinosaur. No. It, wouldn't that be the earliest cover? Brave. Yeah, but wouldn't that be But the, this this one, this happened, the good dinosaur wasn't out yet. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so Sorry. like all those movies that came out in that period, this doesn't cover. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So mur- Murda <laughs> discovers that there's magic that can solve her problems, but inadvertently turns her mother into a bear. We find out that this magic comes from an odd witch seemingly connected to the mysterious... I, wait, I thought bear. only men were bears. <laughs> Not, you know what? Don't kink shame. <laughs> seemingly, <laughs> seemingly connected to the mysterious world of the woods. Not only do we see animals behaving like humans, but we also see brooms that look a little inanimate. You know, broom, you know. Some people don't know what brooms are. Behaving like, <laughs> behaving like people in the witch's shop. We also learn that this witch explicitly disappears every time she passes through doors, leading us to believe that she may not even exist. But we'll come back to Brave later on. But centuries later, the animals from Brave have been experimented on by the witch, and which have interbred, creating a large-scale population of animals, slowly gaining personification and intelligence on their own. So it's like they were like kept growing on, and then, yeah, okay, made other... So you had the progression of animals and the progression of artificial intelligence. What are the two things that were really happening in the universe? Mm-hmm. And these are shown in like Ratatouille and Nemo. Ratatouille? Ratatouille, whatever the fuck that rat is. It's whatever rat cooks. The cooking well, his rat. His name is Reming, Re, Remington. His name Remy is Remy. To, Remy to cook. But it's Ratatouille. Remy to, Remy to dirty rat. He snitched on his friends. <laughs> but yeah, this is shown by the rat. Nemo yeah. and then cars. That's artificial intelligence. That's what I was gonna. Yeah, cars. The dog from Up. You know he kind of yeah. can't really talk, but dog. he can. Dog. But uh, yeah, and the machines and stuff. So in the movie about the rat, <laughs> we we see animals experimenting with their growing personification in small control experiments. 
Remy wants to cook, something only humans do. He crafts a relationship with a small group of humans and finds success. Meanwhile, the villains of the rat movie, Chef Skinner, disappears. What happened to him? What did he do? What did he do with his new fine knowledge of that animals were capable of transcending their instincts and performing duties better than humans? He got murked. Whoa. He got whacked. <laughs> you know Remy's in the he's in the he's 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 a made man. You know how Remy gets in the hat and he like makes yeah, linguine yeah, and cook stuff? Yeah. There's another rat that gets in other people's hats and like makes them kill people. Yeah. Or he stabs them when he gets in there and they just fall down when they're cooking. He's like, Whoa. He had a brain aneurysm. <laughs> you hear me, you rat? <laughs> they need to come up with a mobster version of a Ratatouille? Yeah, the rat movie. It's a gritty thrive uh, yeah, like drama. Yeah, like something gritty. Like the rats are just like, you messed up, Remy. You messed up. Now you'd be sleeping with the fishes. Now you gotta get whacked. Who are know? also anthropomorphic. Yes, yes. With Nemo in them. <laughs> yeah. And then, so then this moves on to Up. It's possible that Charles Muntz, the antagonist of Up, learned that this room, like learned the startling rumor giving him the idea to begin inventing devices that would give animals, specifically dogs, the ability to talk. These collars indicated to months that animals are smarter and more like than humans than we think. He needed this technology technology to find the exotic bird he's obsessed over, and he even comments on how many dogs he's lost since he arrived in South America. But then Doug and the rest of his... I love saying Doug so hard... But then Doug and the rest of his experiments are set free after Munt's demise, and we don't know the full imp- implications of that, but what we do know is that the animosity between, between the animals and the humans is growing. And then now that humans have discovered the potential of animals, they're beginning to cross the line to develop this new technology. So humans begin an industrial revolution, hinted at and up. Okay, yeah. In the beginning, they were trying to take Mr. Fredrickson's home. Yep, Yep. Mr. Fredrickson. In the beginning of Up, Carl is forced to give up his house to a corporation because they're expanding the city. Think on that. What corporation is guilty for polluting the earth and wiping out life? The The Wally one. By and large. Yup. By and motherfucking large. (laughs) So B&L, a corporation that runs just about everything by the time we get to Wally, which you know. In the history of BNL commercial from the movie, we're told that BNL has t- even taken over the world governments. Did you catch this one? Hmm? Are they taking like, over world governments? Yeah. The fact that they took over world. I don't know. Maybe. I haven't seen Wally in a long time. What's What makes you say that? Because they say it in the fucking commercial, Tom. Oh, that they took over world yeah, governments? They, yeah. But they don't. You know, They say it in a PG way where the oh, kids gotcha. could be like, <gasps> What? <laughs> A robot. <laughs> a robot. You know, that's how old Italian people say robot. Oh, yeah? A robot. <laughs> so this then led to Finding Nemo, or that also, the organization is alluded to in Toy Story 3. But in Finding Nemo, we have an entire population of sea creatures united to save a fish that was captured by humans. BNL shows up again in this universe via a news article that talks about a beautiful underwater world. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Lines are being crossed. Humans are beginning to antagonize the increasingly networked and intelligent animals. Think about Dory from Finding Nemo for a second. She stands apart from the other fish because she isn't intelligent and she has short-term memory loss. This is likely a result of her not being as advanced as the other sea creatures, which is reasonable on how rapid these they're like evolving. Like Dory is like, Slowly not evolving like they are. Everyone gotcha. else is like going like it's like in a second they're going to be able to walk. But, you know. Alrighty. Now we get into the. <laughs> I know I kind of felt oh, a little bad about making fun of Dory. But now we move on to the Incredibles. So humans were also advancing. Like they were getting superpowers. Be it from like the witch, from the original or some other bizarre source, humans begin to develop new abilities beyond that of what was previously possible. A new super species was born. The supers. <clears throat> Hell yeah. Damn. When it comes to AI, we start with The Incredibles, who was the main villain of this movie. You probably thought of Buddy, a.k.a. Syndrome, who can basically 
he does commit genocide on superpower. Yeah. Brother. Like he was. He tries. Yeah. Buddy was kind of wild. <laughs> you know, Pixar really just, they kind of put in a lot of weird plots that kids don't notice, but adults are like, eh. but it's funny. Cause it's like, you know, some charm to it. Yeah. You know, it's some charm. But okay, Buddy didn't have any power. She used technology to enact a revenge on Mr. Incredible for not taking him seriously. Seems a little odd that the man went so far as to commit genocide. But how does he kill all the supers? He creates the Omnidroid, an AI kill bot that learns the moves of every superhuman in the deck. When Mr. Incredibles first told about this machine, Mirage mentions that it is an advanced artificial intelligence that has gone rogue. Mr. Incredible points out that it got smart enough to wonder why it had to take orders. The Omnidroid eventually turns on Syndrome, starts attacking humans in the city. Why would an AI want to just attack randomly? Do machines have an inherent hatred of humans? The movie even shows clips of superheroes with caves being done in by naming the objects, such as plant turbines. Turbines. <laughs> turbines. <laughs> 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 but so to I'm not gonna a, even gonna I'm gonna leave that one alone. Yeah, you leave that one alone. To put a pause in it. So as you see in this we have two things going on. We had the evolution of like Life. animals and beer bears. Bears. And beers. <laughs> animals and bears and all that. But then you also have the evolution of like technology and mm-hmm. like, you know, AI and stuff like that, you know. Kinda like uh you know, the other movie that I can't remember with AI that comes back and kills everyone. Uh, God, I'll, I'll think of it at some point. Can you get no Terminator? The Terminator. There it is. Yeah. The one with Arnold. But uh, <laughs> so then this goes into Toy Story where we see humans using discarded objects that are clearly sentient. Yes, the toys love it. Uncle Tom style. But over the course. <laughs> Holy shit. Ah. But over the courses of the Toy Story sequels, we see toys becoming fed up. But toys and inanimate objects aren't necessarily machines, so how do they have some kind of intelligence? Like, where is this coming from? You have That's no, a good question. I don't have an yeah, answer Yeah, you have it. no answer because you're a piece of garbage. But Syndrome points to the answer. He tells Mr. Incredible that his lasers are, pow- are powered by zero-point energy. It's the electromagnetic energy that exists in a vacuum. It's the unseen energy we find in wavelengths and a reasonable explanation for how toys and objects in Pixar would draw power. And then by the events of the Toy Story movies, we are in the 90s until 2010. It's been 40 to 50 years or so since the develop, I mean, since the events of The Incredibles giving AI plenty of time to develop through B- BLN. B- BNL? BNL. What the fuck? <laughs> what is wrong with me, dude? I don't know. I might think I'm drinking soon enough. <laughs> Meanwhile, Pixar is hinting at dissatisfaction among uh, pockets of toy civilizations. The toys rise up against Sid in the first movie. In the second movie, Jessie resents her owner, Emily, for abandoning her. We almost meet Stinky Pete, who doesn't like children at all because he was never played with or even opened. Lotso Huggin' Bear straight up hates humans by the third movie for accidentally abandoning him that he was un intentionally given up by his owner toys are obviously not satisfied with the status quo providing the reasons for why machines and objects alike are ready to take over so like you see toy stories like where they're like fuck these humans man yeah i mean they saw al's toy barn and they were like no 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 yeah you have that and then you also have in finding nemo when the humans sweep up the Nemo crew, mm-hmm. so you can see the fish and stuff would be like fuck humans. What's the uh, humans what's too. the what's the dentist niece? Um, oh, God, I forgot that little little witch. <laughs> uh, yeah, her. She's bad. Yeah, they were scared of her. They didn't like awful. her. Yeah, she was literally the worst. But yeah, so by the two thousands, the superhumans are all but gone, and mankind is vulnerable. Animals who want to rise up, playing the ape style, have the ability to take over, but we don't see this happen. Also, AI never takes over humans by force. Why do you think that is? It's reasonable to assume that machines did take over, which we can tell that they took over later on. Because there's a movie where there is no humans in it. Planes. Anyway, (laughs) I really forgot that was a Pixar movie. There's two of them. Yeah, I know. Wow. 
they really messed up. Yeah, you're right. They had a rough patch. But uh, machines did take over, just not as we expected. The machines used BNL, a faceless corporation, which are basically faceless in nature, to dominate the world starting in the 1960s after the Omnidroid falls, I mean, fails to defeat the Incredibles. In each of the Toy Story movies, it's made painfully clear that sentient objects rely on humans for everything, for fulfillment and even energy. It's hinted at that toys lose all life when put away in storage unless they are in a museum that would get them seen by humans. So that leads us to Cars slash Wally. I'm gonna be honest with you, never seen Wally. What? Yep, it's very good. You should see it. Yeah, I heard it was. I don't know why I never seen it. I just never came across my plate. But at some point, I will. Maybe sipping something. But uh, so machines decide to control humans by using a corporation that suits their every need, leading to the industrial revolution that eventually leads to pollution. When the animals rise up against the humans to stop them from polluting the earth, who will save them? The machines. We know that the machines will win the war, too, because after this war, there are almost no animals left on earth. Who's left? I was going to say, so in the battle of like advanced life forms and advanced technology, technology, technology won out. Technology won, dude. It always does. And then you see all the people in Wally that are in their floating chairs. Yep. And you're like... <sighs> yep. So the question is... Wally takes place before cars. But uh, because the machines tip everything out of balance, Earth becomes an unfit planet for humans and animals, so the remaining humans are put on Axum as a last-ditch effort to save the human race. On Axum, the humans have no purpose aside from having their needs met by their by the machines. The machines have made ev- humans dependent on them for everything because they know how they were treated as toys. It's all they know. So they're making the humans the toys. Meanwhile, on Earth, the machines are left behind to populate the world and run things, explaining human landmarks and traditions still being prominent in cars. There are no animals or humans in this version of Earth because they're all gone, but we do know that the planet still has many human influences left. So, like, humans kind of just got up and left, and then they left all the shit. Yeah, we saw that with Wally stacking the trash. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the little robot guy. Little robot. But in Cars 2, the cars go to Europe and Japan, making it plain that this is all taking place on Earth as we know it. So what happened to the cars? We've learned by now that humans are the source of energy for the machines. That's why they never got rid of them. And Wally, they point out that BNL intended to bring the humans back once the planet was clean again, but they failed. The machines on Earth eventually died out, though we don't know how. What we do know is that there is an energy crisis in Cars 2 with oil being the only way to only way society trudges on despite its dangers. We even learned that the and oil corporation was using green energy as a catalyst for a fuel war in order to turn cars away from alternative energy sources. That clean fuel could have been used to wipe out many of the cars very quickly. And check out the names, BNL, Enanol. Or better yet, all in all. Yeah. They mean virtually the same thing. Could this be the very same company? Could they like could this be the same people behind those companies just saying, Hey, we run all in and all and by and all <clears throat> and the world population. Such a world could have devastated the machine world, leaving little to no machines left. Eventually the few survivors would die off. Or just stop living for the lack of human interaction, leaving one left. Which brings us back to Wally. Have you ever wondered why Wally was the only machine left? We know that the movie begins 800 years after humans have left Earth on Axum, governed by the autopilot, another AI reference. Could it be that Wally's fascination with human culture and friendship with a cockroach is what allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair. There's also Eve. Well, we're gonna, you know, you should, the, is, that's the the sexy robot, right? Yeah, I guess. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna put it that way. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Would you say she's a sexy robot? No, she's a robot. Wow. Okay, so she's not a person. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. Robots shouldn't have rights. Whoa, I said it. Whoa! 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 Yikes. 
So, wow. <laughs> so could it be that Wally's fascination with human culture and friendship with the cockroaches would allow him to keep human, I mean, keep finding fulfillment and the ability to maintain his personality? That's why he was special and liberated the humans. He remembered the times when humans and machines lived in peace, away from all the pollution caused by both sides. After Wally liberates the humans and they rebuild society back on Earth, what happens then? During the end credits of Wally, we see the shoe that contains the last of plant life. It grows into a mighty tree, a tree that strikingly resembles the central tree in a bug's life. Hmm. Hmm. Mustache. Uh, a bug's life which is that's it the reason no human shows up in a bug's life is because there aren't a lot left we know because of the cockroach that some of the insects survive meaning they would have rebounded a bit faster though the movie had to be far enough in the timeline for birds to have returned as well though they've noticeably less intelligent than the bugs there's something strikingly different about Bugs Life when compared to other Pixar portrayals of animals, which leads me to believe it takes place in the future. Unlike the rat movie Up and Finding Nemo, the bugs have many human activities similar to what the rats in the rat movie were merely experimenting with. Hmm. The bugs have cities, bars, advertisements, their own machines, know what a Bloody Mary is, and even have a traveling circus. This all assumes that the movie's in a different time period. The other factor that sets A Bug's Life apart from the other Pixar movies is the fact that it's the only one besides Cars and Cars 2 that doesn't revolve or even include humans. Interesting. I never thought about that. Now we're going to talk about Newt. It was unreleased. It was a movie that they were planning on releasing, but they didn't. Okay. So... The other Pixar movie that was supposed to be released in 2012 but was canceled and replaced I think with, I've heard of this. With The Brave. That's good. This movie was called New. And it might have fit in this part of the timeline post-Wally. The movie's supposed plot was what happens when the last remaining male and female blue-footed newts on the planet are forced together by science to save the species and they can't stand each other. This sounds like Rio. <laughs> You know, the blue yeah. macaws. So what are you saying? What are you saying? Oh. Is that even the same company? Nope. That's oh. I think that's DreamWorks, actually. We have a fun fact. The guy who created DreamWorks used to be working at Disney, and then he left Disney and created DreamWorks. Is that true? Yeah. What Do you know who his, what his name is? No. Okay. I literally forgot. I think well, it was around the 80s or 90s. Dreamworks is always left. playing second fiddle to Disney anyways. It so. is. It, it actually is. I mean, what do they is. have? Shrek? And they don't even have that anymore. They also have How to Train Your Dragon. That's literally Like, that's the last one. And Kubo. But, uh... That was not Dreamworks, was it? Yeah. Okay. I feel like. A movie... So, New is about a movie about a dangerous species rebuilding itself could lend itself nicely to the theory, but it was never released. So this is when we get to Monsters, Inc. slash Monsters University. Hell yeah. Yes. Monsters, Inc. What happens when when monsters go to college? This is it. <laughs> That's, I've always been wondering this my whole life, and I'm yeah. glad they finally answered it. I'm so happy they answered it with a prequel instead of a sequel. But uh, so what happens next? Humanity, machines, and animals grow in harmony to the point where a new super species is born. The monsters. The monsters <laughs> civilization is actually... Earth and the incredibly distant future, but where did they come from? It's possible that the monsters are simply the personified animals mutated after this diseased Earth was irradiated for 800 years. Whatever the reason, these monsters seem to all look like horribly mutated animals, only larger and civilized. They have cities and even colleges, as we saw in Monsters University. <clears throat> in Monsters, Inc., they have a, guess what, energy crisis. That's true. Which we talked about before. And like, so they are in the future without humans. Humans are the source of energy, but thanks to the machines again, the monsters find a way to use the doors to travel to the human world. Only it's not different dimensions. The monsters are going back in time. Oh, that's what the doors are? Yes. Oh. Time machines. Interesting. They're harvesting energy to keep from becoming extinct by going back to the humans who were most pom- I mean, 
going back to the most prominent time, the peak of civilization, if you will. Though a lot of time has passed, animosity towards humans never really went away for animals as monsters. Monsters must have relied on anti-human instincts to believe that, that just touching a human would corrupt their world like it did in the past. So that's why they were like, we never want to fucking see the human. So they scare the humans to gather their energy until they realize that laughter, green energy, is more efficient because it's positive in nature. We even see a connection between A Bug's Life and Monsters, Inc., where via the trailer in both movies, as you can see, there is, in The Bug's Life, there's the house that looks noticeably older, and then in Monsters, Inc., it looks like that same house, but it looks like it's like, has humans and it looks newer. I'll show you really fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where Randall goes and gets hit yep, with a shovel. Yep, yep, That fucking fuck. I mean, that fook. Uh, so, the one on the left is from The Bug's Life, as you saw, and the one on the right is from Monsters, Inc. I'll post it on Twitter. I had to remember to do this. Yeah. Our Twitter, at Tom and Amir, T-O-M-A-N-D-E-M-I-R. Mm-hmm. And then even the vegetarian, the vegetarianism, <laughs> even the vegetation is noticeably drier and there's less of it. The trailer on the right has humans and the frame even includes tall grass and a tree hanging overhead. That said, Monsters, Inc. is by far the most futuristic Pixar movie, but the inhuman animals and machines have finally found a way to understand each other and live in harmony. And that's true. So then, that brings us to Boo, the little child. Oh, Monsters, okay. Inc. So then there's Boo. What do you think happened to her? She saw everything take place in a future Earth where Kitty was able to talk. She became obsessed with finding out what happened to her friend Sully and why animals in her time weren't quite as smart as the ones she's seen in the future. Yeah. She remembers that doors are the key to how she found Sully in the first place and becomes a witch. No. Yes, Boo is the witch from Brave. You already said the witch could walk through doors. Yes. She figures out how to travel in time to find Sully and goes back to what she believes is a source. The Will of the Wisps. Yeah, and, and in Brave, don't they have a Sully figurine? Mm-hmm. They are what started everything, and as a witch, she cultivates this magic and intent to find Sully by creating doors going backwards and forwards in time. How do we know? You can see Sully in the workshop. Yeah. There's a picture of Sully in the workshop. We even see the piece of planet truck. Carved as a wooden toy in her shop. That's what it was, yeah. Which makes no sense unless she's seen one before. And I'm sure she has since that truck is in almost every Pixar movie. If you look closely, you can even see the car in the back. I'm going to post that picture too. And you remember Merida opening doors and the witch constantly disappearing? It's because those doors are made the same way from Monsters, Inc. They transport across time and that's why Merida couldn't find the witch later in the movie. But wait. Why did Boo travel in time in the first place, and why is she obsessed with wood? Boo must have discovered that wood has been the source of energy all along. Not just humans, the machines and monsters. And Monsters, Inc. use doors because they're made of wood and found a way to use that energy to travel back in time. So Boo went back to the Dark Ages, probably because she could use plenty of wood there for her experiments or to study the will of the wisp. We know that. Her first encounter with Mordu, what a terrible name, ended with her turning into a monstrous bear, but she regresses. She probably wanted to turn him into a bear because Sully resembles a bear, and she is still trying to figure out where Sully comes from. Does Boo ever find Sully? What do you think? Well, I think we'll find out in Monsters, Inc. 3. Is that a thing? No. No, I, I Unfortunately. don't think they would do that. But yeah. you know, it is a thing. Toy Story 4. It is. But so maybe we'll get some more answers there. It's a love story, though. Yeah, between yep. Woody and Bo Peep. Yep. But her love for Sully, in conclusion, is the crux, the crux of the entire Pixar universe. The love of different people of different ages and even and even different species finding ways to live on Earth without destroying it because of a lust for energy. And that's it. How Interesting. That, how, does that, how does that theory make you feel? I, that connected a lot better than I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. I still feel like it's pretty weird, but I feel like there's a reason that they throw like 
little shit in everything. Yeah. The director, like as to quote a, a recent one, Frozen and uh, and Tarzan and Tangled are all he yeah. confirmed to be in the same universe because he said that Tarzan is a child of uh, the the princesses in Frozen. You mean like the the parents? Yeah. Yeah, because their boat gets like shipwrecked. Yep. And, yep. and then they have Tarzan. That's what in his mind happened. But then Bob Iger's like, no, it didn't. Mate, it didn't happen that way. I run this house. This is my house, not yours. Wow. You live somewhere else. I own you. <laughs> Who says this? This is what Bob Iger says. They said Bob Barker. Him too. <laughs> so like, they were dogs, though. <laughs> and cats. And they had to get their nuts cut off. That's what Bob, that's what Bob Barker was against. That's what he was fighting for this time. But all right. So now finally we move on to the last one of this grab bag episode. Okay. The Tarantino universe. I'm ready. So you're really familiar with the Tarantino. I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan like every film student on the planet. Yep. Whoa. Shots fired at all you film students out there. myself. Get original. But uh, so this one is confirmed. Like oh, okay. Tarantino confirmed this. All right, good to know going in. So Quentin Tarantino confirmed that there are two distinct universes in which his films all live in. Okay. There's the realer than real world universe, which is alternate to the reality, very similar to our own. But then there's the more heightened movie version called the movie movie universe. So basically what he's saying is there's the real world. And then when those characters of the real world go to the movies, these are the movies they go to see. Okay. Yeah. So, let's start piecing these worlds together and getting you to understand. Oh, Jesus. So, the movie movie world is the fantastical reality closer to the comic book, and it features a supernatural, which is why you see a lot of bloody stuff in the movie movie ones as opposed to the ones that are just the regular universe. The regular universes are more limited... And they're why certain characters only appear in certain movies and they don't cross into any other one. But let's get into it. So we'll start off with the first one. This is a part of the real, real universe. It turns out Donnie Donowitz, the bear Jew, is in fact a father of movie producer Lee Donowitz, some true romance, which means that Glorious Bastards is a part of the realer than real world universe. I don't know if you've ever seen true romance. No. Of course you didn't, you piece of shit. I didn't, I've never heard of it. Yeah, think. of course you haven't. Uh, and it, as a likely side effect, everyone in that universe grew up learning about how to punch, I mean, how a bunch of commando Jew machine gunned Hitler to death in a burning movie theater as opposed to quietly killing him in a bunker because World War II ended surrounded in the values of film. Everybody leads greater knowledge to pop culture hence why nearly everyone has vast knowledge of movie and television likewise because america won world war ii and one concentrated act of hyperviolence slaughter america as a whole are more desensitized to that sort of thing so inglorious bastards in gwen tarantino's universe is like that's that's the real stuff yeah that's how hitler yeah that's how hitler dies in that okay so that's why people are like super desensitized to it because we literally killed Hitler in a movie theater. Okay. So it's like, ah, what's, what, could, what, what worse could happen than that? Like, okay. I can see literally anything now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's hence why Butch is unfazed by killing two people, Mr. Wright and Mr. T- Pink, take a pragmatic approach to killing in their line of work, and Esmeralda, the cab driver, is obsessed with death because of, like, they're used to it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And now you think back to the movie movie universe. Why do you think that it's called that? Well, the movie movie films are actually movies that are shown within the realer than real world. So those movie those movies would be like the stuff that is shown in the mirror. They look kind of like the stuff shown in the realer than real universe, but they're not. So example, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. It's over the top. It's over the top as fuck. Yeah. There's blood everywhere. Everyone's getting cut. It's even, you know, violent by Tarantino standards. Like, that movie is violent as hell. 
And these are movies produced in a world where America's crowning victory is locking a bunch of people in the movie theater and blowing it to bits. So they're kind of like, well, we got to step it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we got to go off of some real world shit. We got to make it even more crazy. So Lee Donowitz, son of the people on the suicide mission to kill uh, Hitler, is a very successful movie producer. So why do these characters have uh, crossovers, have magical abilities that could possibly be the movie movie versions of characters that are really just actors? But that's basically it. I was going to throw in the what's in the briefcase from, if you want to. What's in the briefcase? From Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also. If it's short, then sure. Yeah, it's super short. And Vince Vega and one of the, I forgot which color he is from the, whatchamacallit it related. It actually says this, says it in here. But uh, in Pulp Fiction, you know, everyone's like, basically, what's in the box? What's in the briefcase? Yeah, and it shines gold. And, and it shines like, holy gold. Holy shit. Yeah, and you're like, holy motherfucking shit. Well, here's what people believe that it was. The briefcase contains either, one, the soul of Marcellus Wallace. The soul? Yes. He holy. made a deal with the devil to sell his soul for immense criminal power, and the devil tore it out of the back of his head, hence the Band-Aid. And the password on the briefcase is 666. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And then the jewels... That'd be pretty wild. Yeah. It could also be the jewels from Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction happens roughly the same time as the film, and Vince and Vic are brothers. Okay. So Vic from... So those are both in the realer than real. Yeah. Okay. Vince and Vic are actually brothers in that universe. Interesting. Yeah, he confirmed that too. He was going to do a movie called The Vega Brothers, but then he decided not to. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Or... Simply put, the briefcase does not have any concrete object. It just has a manifestation of someone's destiny. Everyone who looks into it gets transfixed but has a different reaction. Vince looks confused and almost scared because it shows how he dies. Honey Bunny and Pumpkin sees that they give up their lives of climb and leave peacefully thanks to Jules, hence it's beautiful. Jules never actually sees what's inside, so he's able to become a free man with no knowledge of his future. Interesting. Yeah, that's it. That's our grab bag. Lovely. Lovely. It was interesting. How did you feel? Which one did you like the most? Um, well, I'll say the one I believe the most, like yeah. I think it's the most plausible, is yeah. the James Bond one. Yeah. I told you I'm going to accept that one as the truth. I think that <laughs> the uh, the Pixar one is very interesting because there's like uh, a long history and people yeah. like worked really hard to like piece it together yeah obviously there's like some conclusions that you have to jump to because they don't it's obviously picture movies are all disconnected generally mm-hmm. but i think that's that's also pretty interesting yeah i like all of them yeah they all are pretty interesting yeah i mostly like the pixar one just because it's like it's cooler and it, it's like makes conclusions and it actually draws a line between things that i wouldn't think it would do mm-hmm. like i would have never thought about that whoever had that free time is a okay in my they got some they also have pretty creative great fucking free I mean fucking free time no but now it's time to tease you on the next week yeah you don't have any final thoughts about yours no I mean they're all good mostly like I said the Pixar one is my favorite one the James Bond one only makes sense if they make Idris Elba James well it, I, I don't know if it only me. makes sense but it definitely it like confirms only, it but it confirms it yeah like I wouldn't be for sure about it. Like personally, I'll be like, ah, I can see them all being the same person, just changing face, kind of like Doctor Who is. Yeah, okay, yeah. A little bit. I kind of related to that universe how they're all just the same person, except they just change. Regenerate. Yeah, yeah, regenerate, but not regenerate. Just like I don't know, it's, it gets fucking gets facial reconstruction face. surgery. Yeah, something like that. Something happens to him, and then the like, the Tarantino one is confirmed. So yeah. I, mean, I can't really like. Do anything with that. Do you think he came up with that? Or do you think someone was like, how do you feel about this? And he was like, yes. I feel like he thought about it. And then someone brought it up and he was like, that is it. You got me. <laughs> ha ha. Quint at it again. But yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know what I'm going to do for my next one. I might do a murder. Yeah. So it might be actually depressing. We'll see. But we'll see about that. But as we like, as a person who likes to tease shit. So next week. Are you ready to find out how a lady survives after getting her fucking neck chopped off? 
And her guts cut out. And her guts and cut out. And a bunch of other messed up stuff. And a bunch of other messed up lots stuff. Lots of dismemberment next week. Lots of it. That seems like a thing we like doing, dismemberment. But, but it is tales of survival. So as messed up as it is, you can go in going, they're they going to make at, it out. They live at the end. They live at the end. So but maybe yeah. it'll be less horrible, but probably not. It won't. But uh, yeah, get ready for that. So, And also, you know, as I always say... No, I don't always say this. This is actually my new tagline because I got sick of saying stay and trying to remember all the stays. So I'm just going to say, remember to join the club, you know, join the conspiracy club. We're coming to a place near you. And like Tom and me always say at the end of every show, oh, wait, what's your name? And first, Tom, do your plugs. Do your plugs. My plugs for like social media? Yeah, because I don't know them. Well, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Tom and Demir. That once again, that's T O M A N D E M I R. Tom mm-hmm. and Amir. Our Instagram, we post like we've been posting. You've been I, posting. Yes, I. Because it's been. definitely Amir. It's me. Um, he's been posting uh, so Shocktober, weird. a one horn movie every single day, and doing a little review of. I that. Actually, took a break. He fell behind, but he's, yeah. he's getting caught back up. Mm-hmm. There's also stuff on there that kind of you know funny. Um, true crime and like supernatural related stuff that we find on the internet. We post on there. Uh, And the Twitter as well as the same thing. We post our links to our episodes there as well as like interesting articles about weird stuff that's going on in the world or maybe weird stories that we've heard uh, through the grapevine that we put, we share on there as well. So go definitely check both those out. That's the best way to stay up to date on what's going on with the podcast other than actually just listening to the podcast. Join the club, folks. Once again, our episodes are every single Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Every single Tuesday. So if you ever wonder, when when's that next episode coming out? Tuesday. Yep. It's already Tuesday right now. We're, we're shooting it right now on this Tuesday. This we're is gonna, live. Yeah, this is actually live. What you don't realize is we actually do it live and we just release it. It's live every single time you listen to it. It is. We get really tired, though. We do get tired. But, uh... It's a demanding line of work. It is a demanding line of work. I do a lot of drugs. But uh, no, I don't, actually. I'm a very sober individual. Tom, on the What's other hand. What's that heroin on the table right there? Whoa, Tom, put it away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, as I always now say every week, join the club. Be a member. It's fun over here. And man, that episode right there was fooked. Fooked. <laughs>